Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Lord have mercy. I am so glad it's Friday, and welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, <laughs> uh, you would think that I'd be okay because I only did one live show this week, and, and let me please apologize for that because I don't like doing that, but, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, but... uh Glad to have Princess here. And, and by the way, just a reminder, please listen to Monday's show again. I think I thought there was good information. Uh, Robert Bowden was on with us on Monday this time, and um, mm-hmm. had, he had some really nice information. But today, I'm privileged to have on here the CEO of Never Had So Good Entertainment and Sports, uh, the mighty Princess Cooper, the CEO, tech producer, and all-around extraordinary <laughs> person and wonderful human being. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. You heard me chuckle because you did, you know, you gave that inflection like my family does. Lord have mercy. Thank goodness it is Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I can't begin to tell you. But, you know, I mean, it's okay. In this week, um even though I ended up not doing the shows live this week except for the first one, um, still was relatively productive and restful. I have to say, like, this morning was the first time I got up and actually felt rested because I've been driving myself just way too hard. You have to have some balance, you know, otherwise everything gets messed up. Um, Well, I'm glad that you had that feeling when you woke up. And I get on you, you get on me. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, take care of yourself. If not, your body will force you to do so. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we may not like that. But, you know, I think that I'm busy. But, audience, mm-hmm. I want you all to know that a lot of times when, when I talk to Gretchen at 8.30 or 9 a.m. in the morning, she's already been up <laughs> since 4 or 5. And she's still already out. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm struggling yeah. with getting things done on the computer, getting dressed and getting to my first appointment. She's already had in four hours by the time. So um, well, rest. rest. This, is, this is the thing. I, I took a, a, a last week or week before last one or the other, but I had a couple of real just back-to-back crazy weeks. And I stopped and I said, you know, because I'm like, okay, I'm running around and working. I get home and I'm working and I go to bed. Then I get up. And I even haven't been to the gym this week, which, you know, I I try to do. I need it for my health and everything. Um, And I was like, this is insane because 
my house is being neglected. I had laundry that, okay, I was watching because I needed some clothes and everything, but, I mean, in general, it was just piling up, piling up, piling up. And I'm like, that makes no sense where you run yourself so crazy that you neglect your sanctuary on earth because your homes are sanctuary on earth. That's my belief. And so, and you know, you come home and you're supposed to feel relaxed. You're supposed to feel, you know, be able to unwind. And there's just stuff to do. So that's why I was like, no, no. You know, I did some work that I needed to do, but not as much. I got I compartmentalized some things, got some things out of the way. And then I did really start to go to town yesterday but it on a work project but it was a passion project it was something that I have put off and I'm in my 60s now and I'm like I'm going to give it a shot if it works great and if it doesn't oh well next um you know I've got nothing mm-hmm. but you know uh time to, to to try stuff until I'm gone you know but just try to you know to do the Lord's work so that's, you know, I got into that today, and I'll be doing a little bit more of that this afternoon. And of course, I got the um, the job. And I think my dissatisfaction with that job is starting to show um, on the job, and I don't like that. I usually try to keep that off of there, but I've gotten in the last week or so <laughs> the worst reviews, and I thought I was still being nice <laughs> and doing my job, but... Anyway, sorry for those people, but I think also, too, at the same time, I have to say there's a lot of miserable people out there. I, I, I feel be. so bad. There's a lot. Have you noticed yeah. that? Yes, and I think miserable people um, are empowered because I don't know if the amount has changed, but the Internet and um, also customer service phone, you know, where you can call in and vent. I think it empowers them to say and do whatever they want. And really, besides their name, if they give that, nothing is ever identified. And they get to move on with their day and put their bitterness on someone else's shoulders, you know, and, and move on. And, and that's that's sad. Be kind to people, people. Be kind. I don't know where we get that from. I I don't either. I think... You know, you know, I came from even with, and I, for a wee bit, I went to a charm school, and they were like, you know, if you don't really have something nice to say, just try not to say anything, but also try to find something nice to say, even if it's like, you know, I mean, one of the things I get, and so, you know, it's reassuring and reaffirming, so I keep them. I get compliments on my glasses all the time. I really like your glasses, you know. They're uh, uh, Betsy Johnson frames, and actually this is my second pair of the same frames because I just refused. They were like, we we can't put the new prescription in those frames. I'm like, well, in in the old frames, we don't want to take the old glasses out and break those frames. I'm like, okay, give me, and, 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 you know, some of it is about selling you a new pair of frames. I'm like, Mm -hmm. give me the same exact frames. They're like, what? I'm like, I want the same exact frames. I said every, almost every day or a lot of times, ever since I've had those frames, I uh, get compliments on the frames. And they're a little bit out of my character in a way, but I, I think it's, 
I, I don't know. I guess I, I want to. I don't know if I'm bipolar or what, but there's a part of me that's real conservative, and there's a part of me that is, and I'm starting to embrace the real wild child part now that I'm 60 plus and I don't have parents to be accountable for, too. Um, so, so the glasses got a little blue and a little pink, and at the tips of the um, the hand, the frames or whatever they're. Uh, in the back, there's little hearts on them and all kind of stuff. You know, no one really sees that that much unless I'm wearing my hair back. But they're kind of a multicolor, and um, I get compliments on them all the time. Even to the day that I went to the doctor's appointment to get my eye exam, and they wanted me to buy new frames. I'm like, I want the same frames. Hmm. Like, and you know, because normally I would probably get something black or or wire frames or something conservative because of the job or jobs that I was doing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. let me get something that I actually like and enjoy and don't mind, you know. Not that I didn't like the other ones, but, you know, I I reined myself in on them. And and I probably did rein myself in on a little bees. They're not too wild, but I like them. And other people like them. If it makes other people smile, it makes me smile, then, hey, good. There you go. You know. There you go. You know, so... Um, but I like that, that, you know, but there are just going to be unkind people in this world. And when mm-hmm. you find someone um, that gives you compliments or just say, oh, I, I really love those, then, you know, embrace that and try to release the rest because um, customer service um, work can be very taxing on the person that's trying to provide that customer service. I can mm-hmm. say that. And I like customer service. I, I, I really kind of do. Um, I like serving God's people. But um, I, I don't – I have a low tolerance for um, uh, people that feel like they're entitled. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a low tolerance for that. I, I have a low tolerance for um, – I'm trying to think of the word. Um, it's not – the word's not overconfident. It's arrogant. I have a low tolerance for arrogant people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, and uh, I, it's, it's, you know, I'm like, there's no need. You know, we're all here together on this earth trying to, you know, you know, just get from day to day. Navigate the journey. That's, we're all trying to do that. And it's amazing yeah. how some people... <laughs> I don't know, want to navigate the journey. But we're all doing yeah. the same thing, trying to live out a life. Um, and it, others want to do more serve, serving than others. But that's okay. But um, it's amazing sometimes how this thing goes. It's it's amazing. So, But, um, you know, Gretchen, I have had a busy week, too, and we're yes, leading up to – to March Madness again for the women, and they're in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, and today there are two games in Greenville, South Carolina. I won't go down today, but I will go down tomorrow um, mm-hmm. and, and witness two games, and I'll watch the Notre Dame game and get to see Nile Ivy. Um, she's one of four American head coaches that are left in March Madness in the Sweet 16, and that's Don Staley, Nell Ivy. Um, Yolette Mitchell from Ole Miss and Kenny Brooks um, from Virginia Tech. And Kenny Brooks is um, 
you know, I think this is the highest ranking that Virginia Tech women's basketball has ever had. First time they ever won the ACC conference. So um, the, the the field will be stacked, and I'm congratulating them. But just also mm-hmm. enjoying the fact that never had it so good. It's had an opportunity to witness in press row, um, and, and I'll do that again tomorrow. Yeah, he sent me a picture. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good, you know. I, I wish everybody got a chance to enjoy their work. I really do. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, realize or, um, I don't know, get to get to um, realize some of their dreams or goals or whatever. Um, and... and you know, I, I took John on, on last Sunday. I went Friday by myself because he was still in Florida visiting a friend who um, has cancer. And then I, but he got back in Saturday and I took him and he got a chance to see the, the media room. Um, he got a chance to, of course, let me know, Gretchen, that the um, there there was a buffet for the media people for the entire day. And he got a chance to tell me that peach cobbler was really good. I said, okay. <laughs> and then he, he, <laughs> He got a chance to actually be on the floor with me in the in the second row, and um, nice. see the game from up up close. Um, and I, I brought him in as you know my producer, but um, I was producing him and said, "Hey, you can't cheer for the home team that loud. You're supposed to be press." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are supposed to be impartial. <laughs> impartial. Can can you help me out here? But um, <laughs> it, it was it was just a it was just a good day, and then to have exposure in the locker room and, and all of that. But um, um, I want to say more than anything that the evolution of the women's game has come so far. And I'm not saying that we're not standing on the shoulders of a lot of pioneers of women's basketball. Cheryl Swoops, I could go on to make catchings, even Candace Parker, who's still playing. But the game has definitely evolved into a very professional shooting game. And it's, you know, I remember watching women's basketball 30 years ago, and it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, stealing the ball, da, da, da. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think men had a hard time watching it. Please, I encourage all of you all to go to a women's college basketball game or the WNBA. Um, um, it is played very well. It is played very well. What do you think the key thing is that has evolved in terms of making the sport uh, a better sport and a more attractive sport to the general audience? Well, gosh, it's a loaded question. I I would say, too, that um, the attention to the game and providing – the same caliber of coaches that you provide for the men now to the women um, has mm-hmm. really improved. And I, I don't want to knock any coaches back in the day. I grew up with Pat Summit, and I love me some Pat Summit um, of the mm-hmm. University of Tennessee. But um, I think overall, um, a lot of men now are coaching women's basketball, a la a.k.a. Gino Ariyama, who's at UConn, who's won 11 national championships. Um, but I think the overall attention to detail for the facilities, for the, the level of coaching, and um, the level of attention that it's getting, I, I think, has improved. And that so, means that your caliber player is going to improve. So what do you think um, it's going to take 
to get the caliber of pay to keep, you know, our, to keep professional women's basketball here in the United States instead of um, people having to go overseas to seek opportunities. You know, we talk about that so many times here uh, on radio, and we've we've got to find more investors. And I, I think we we tap the same investors over and over because I think they're available. The owner of the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA also is the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders of the NFL. You know, um, the owner of the Phoenix Mercury is the same owner that owns the Phoenix Suns of the NBA. So Mm. we're continuing to tap that because I don't know if there is a whole lot of willingness by most investors to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to go get me a WNBA team. Um, Congratulations to Tom Brady. He just became a minority owner in the Las Vegas Aces. So um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, you know, those type of interests is going to get more salary for um, the players. We were um, having a discussion. We have a women's panel about women's basketball now that it's March Madness every Monday at 7 p.m. And Jackie Devane, who's a coach in, 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 a, in a Division two, Division one school, Coach Jody Powell, and then Tracy Napoleon is also a coach in Sherry Hackett played for Temple, if I'm not mistaken. So we had that panel on Mondays. But they talked about the disparity of salary, which is what you're talking about. The um, mascot for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA is making $310,000 a year as a mascot. That is more than the average um, WNBA player is making, um, period. Um, he's making three hundred thousand. The average for a WNBA player is around one hundred and seventy-five, two hundred and fifty thousand. If you're on that two hundred and fifty thousand, you're really on the high end. There's only you know three or four players in the WNBA that's making close to a million. But you can go overseas and make two million in three to four months and come on back home and still play your season at the WNBA. We have got to stop putting our women, our moms, our sisters, our daughters. Um, our nieces in harm's way overseas because they are forced to play the game that they love. That is their career, but they have to go make money at it better overseas. And the highest paying country is, is, uh, is Russia, the highest paying. As a matter of fact, Russia told Diana Taurasi, UConn, who is now with the Phoenix Mercury, that, hey, don't play your WNBA season. Whatever they're paying you, we'll pay it. You sit out and then come on over here and we'll give you an additional $2 million. Wow. So mm. it's attractive. And you yeah. can't tell me, and I don't want to get too far off of that, it was the first time that Brittany Griner ever took a vial of, 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 of CPD. That was not the mm-hmm. first time, but, you know, it was convenient that she had it, that they searched her bag, and it was at the beginning of the Ukraine-Russian war. And she became a political pawn, and that's where it was. But she was over there to play basketball and to provide for her family here. Now, I think discussing her family makeup is a, is a show for another day. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, but... I can't um I can't disagree with her trying to work hard and provide a way for her family. And she was then there 
eight, nine months. Um, but to your original question was how do we have more salary for them? We have to find more investors. We have to make the game more appealing. Um, we have to make sure that we honor the level of play that we're getting from these young ladies and give them more money. Um, and they say, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a ticket box. More people have to come. I don't know if the last time you watched the WNBA game, but I've watched the Atlanta Dream quite often because they're on, because I'm close to Florida, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, I, and I get to see a lot of the, the stadiums, the coliseums are packed, are packed. We've got to get more packed coliseums when it comes to the WNBA game. Right now, the season is only two or three months long, and then, it, then it's the championship. Um, and I think that's because that's where we are as far as the whole package of finances is concerned. Um, I wish I had the bottom line answer, Gretchen, because I'd give it to anybody that would want to listen right now. I don't. Well, also, too, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22 because you really have to make to make it more attractive, especially, you know, outside of television to actually go to a game. You've got to make sports more affordable for the common folks. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I went to any type of professional uh, sports game um, that wasn't, let's say, I ended up getting a pass or something like that. Um, you know, so so there's got to be a way to make it where, or at, at least, you know, do it maybe once a year. I, I think back, and unfortunately they're closed, and I never got a chance to really go, which messes with me, but there used to be an attraction here called the Holy Land Experience. And mm-hmm. one day out of the year, they op- it was supposed to be a tax write-off. You know, I don't care you know, how, what you want to do, but one day out of the year, they opened it up to the public to go in for free. And there were lines and stuff like that. You know, but if you give somebody just like one time to go see a professional sporting event, you know, uh, you know, if you don't want to make it free, you know, make it, you know, just half, you know, half price day or something. But you've got to open it up to the average person in order to make it attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree, but then you're back to the whole bottom line and return on investment and being able to take some of that return on investment and invest it in in the talent that's on the court. Um, but I think you do get more bees with honey in that you have to um, make that game experience affordable, and then people will see the value in it and be willing to then pay more. But there, there's a happy balance there somewhere, and and I completely agree with you, Gretchen. Well, so you you, you what is the team that you are um, supporting that you're you're following? Well, I'm, and I'm what are they playing? Definitely the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing the UCLA Bruins tomorrow at 2 p.m. Um, so I will I'll arrive somewhere about halftime of the Notre Dame game and cover that halftime and their press conference, and then come back out to press row and cover South Carolina Gamecocks. Don Staley and, um, is the head coach uh, and, and cover them. They have been wire to wire, beginning of the season to now, number one um, in college women's basketball. Um, they are now 34, if I'm not mistaken, 34-0 and 0, um, in women's because they are the only undefeated team in women's college basketball. 
right now. And um, they're trying to go for their second in a row national champion. Um, they are the tallest team uh, by average, um, and probably in college basketball right now. And Don Staley has them on a roll. Um, I've always said, in, and we're talking about this with some of the other co-hosts, that mm, I kind of wanted them to lose once in the regular season. And no, 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 you don't want to mess with an undefeated season. So here we are. They play mm. on Friday. And if they, I mean, Saturday, and if they win Saturday, they play again on Sunday. And if they win on Sunday, they are part of the Final Four. Um, but it, it won't be easy, and the talent is getting um, better. But to say all of that, Gretchen, they are a 17-and-a-half-point favorite over UCLA. So mm. let, let, let's see what happens. I love myself some Don Staley, though. Um, and I'm not necessarily a South Carolina Gamecock fan, but I am a huge fan of Don Staley and the women's basketball team at South Carolina. And I, I really root for them and cheer for them. And I cheer for what I feel Don Staley is about. She calls herself a dream merchant and that she's there to empower young women to live out their dreams, whatever that may be. And it may not always be basketball, but to understand that they have the power to do whatever they want to in life. And I like that. Mm. That's nice. That is special. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, give me a little insight into the the men's game in terms of why I guess, and you know, I don't necessarily know all the terminology, but I guess why the brackets have been, you know, I mean, for you know the 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 kind of the um, underdogs are emerging, taking a lot of the the um, top spots. Right? That's what I'm well, hearing. Well, and, and you're correct. Um, we had a 16 seed. Uh, so I, I want to say that was Furman who beat Purdue, and Purdue was the number one seed. But the reasoning for that is we're going to see a lot of those matchups um, happen anyway in, 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 in March Madness. That's why we call it Madness um, in the mm. men's game and in the women's game. But let's just say, too, that the transfer portal has really um, evened out the talent for everyone. So not only ah. are the Power Five conferences like the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, not only are they getting key and talented players, but um, so are the Furmans and the Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic last night um, in the Sweet 16 beat the University of Tennessee. So they're headed on to the Elite Eight. Um, and Florida Atlantic, I think, has 33 or 34 wins. Um, and they are considered, you know, a darling in this tournament. I think they were eighth or ninth or tenth seed, and they beat a fourth seed last night in the University of Tennessee. So, but I, I think the transfer portal has really um, um, equal the the playing field. It is, you know, you can now get talent and get it transferred in, and sometimes that talent don't want to stay at a Kentucky or Florida or a Louisville or North Carolina. They want to go somewhere else, and so I think that has really done it. Um, but every year we have some of these bracket busters. Um, it seems like this year, though, it's a big deal. The other number one seed was Virginia, and they bowed mm-hmm. out early, too. So mm-hmm. now we have two number one seeds that are no longer that did not make the Sweet 16, which is a rarity. Um, but some expected just that. I haven't. I thought that Purdue hadn't looked consistent all year, and even though they have a seven-footer on their team, I thought that a, a smaller, more a faster team could 
could really get them rattled, and that happened. That happened. Mm. So, um, you know, so it's I, I think it's the um, it's the luck of the draw, and wherever your seating is, and then you get to look at the style of play, and sometimes that style of play does not match up for yours. Another thing, Gretchen, is is that we still are depending, and I am so passionate about my Florida Gators. So we're still depending, though, on 17-year-olds to 21-year-olds to show up consistently and have the right mindset and not be distracted by social media, girls, women, men, whatever, whatever you are Uh distracted by, not be distracted and come and give me your A game for six, six straight games. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Wow. Why? I just want to know why is it that we're experiencing this lack of discipline? I mean, or work ethic or something like that. It's it's just bizarre. And I'm not talking about just in the game. I'm, just, I'm talking just in, in general. There just seems to be something lacking. There, You know, I, I see, I go to some of these fast food places. I go to, you know, different other places. And, you know, I mean, my you know, there, I have a whole spiel when I do customer service in the evening, and I've always kind of had one, you know, um, you know, I was the probably over perky person, but I, I, you know, I'd rather have that than go ahead with your order. Do you yeah. get that? Have you? What is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> and actually, we're we're actually going to transition into this. We're we're, uh, we're talking a little bit about discipline, but um, Princess and I are a little bit have been one of our pet peeves is customer service, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a quick break. And if you have questions or comments about March Madness, customer service, anything you want to talk about, the number is 516-387. No, yes, 387-1944. You know, I find myself giving that out for my other job. Uh, 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Welcome back.
back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And the number, if you want to talk about something in particular, is 516-387-1944. That is the number to the show. And I'm here with Princess Cooper, the CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment and technical producer for G's Power Hour. And uh, we, we've been talking a little March Madness, and then we were talking about uh, having the discipline to do X, Y, and Z, and uh, Well, there's so much I could talk about in terms of customer service and just retail in general. We were Princess and I actually had a conversation prior to the show about some of this. I was telling her that I am okay. First of all, let me preface this: you're talking to someone that once upon a time, when I was a little girl, wanted to be an, uh, an ebony fashion fair model. I that's what I wanted. Badly, every birthday I went to the Ebony Fashion Fair uh, show that they used to have. Um, so I was into it until I realized I was about an inch shorter than I needed to be to become one, and so I gave into my desire for chocolate. But anyway, the, I'm trying to look for some clothes, right? I got this uh, gift certificate, $40 gift certificate, gift certificate to a particular store that I actually like. And then the other day I decided, okay, I needed some pants. I wanted to replace some pants. And I went to a store that I usually go to that I can usually count on. What is it with the pajama pants? How dare you wear that stuff out in the street? That's just awful. But it seems to be a trend and it seems to be popular. And I don't know what makes you think that that looks good out in the street. I'm sorry. And, yes, it's comfortable. But you you be comfortable at home. You need to be stylish out in the street. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that and the, you know if you so if you're on the customer end, do better. There's stuff that you can buy out there. You know, I mean, I'm I'm known for shopping the clearance rack. There's stuff that you can buy out there that's tasteful and stylish, and you know you can spend less money on probably less than those pajama pants. And then if you're on the other side, you need to, um, oh, goodness gracious, you need to uh, do more than say, go ahead with your order when I drive up to the drive-thru, because I'm almost about ready to drive off in some cases, you know, but you, but you have me locked in that drive-thru. Uh, what is it? We're going to have Adam Topper on. In fact, oh, let me just say that. Yeah, he is already booked for uh, April 4th. I got him. He's um, does a, uh, he has a book, and he does, has a, a company called Customers That Stick. He is all about customer service. So that is going to be a show that's going to be a thing on Tuesday, April 4th. So, yeah, he is booked. Okay. I just want to say that. But is it just me, Princess, or have you noticed just a decline in – Let's say, mm, well, one, customer service, but also customer respect for the person that is trying to serve them and customer respect for themselves. You can start anywhere you want. <laughs> well, you know, Rev and I talk about this a lot, too, and, and, and we talk about the level of customer service and, and the, the lack of customer service. I think we've done a – did a show on, an, on, an, on another show. I did a segment on another show about the same thing. Um, so 
I don't know if we are training or we are allowing customer service to to get to this point. Um, let's just say that we realize that it is in, in peril, and what are we doing about it? So then are we training better? Are we allowing them to come to Walmart <laughs> in their pajamas pants and their their Walmart smock and say, you know, look at their and clock the and say, I got to go on break. <laughs> and the bedroom slippers. And the it's bedroom don't even slippers. look good at home sometimes. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, whether you're a customer or you're a, a customer servant, I think a lot of it starts with good home training. I really do. Um, there's certain things that I think our young people say to our adults now that uh, I wouldn't be left with a mouth if my mom was still alive and I was her child, <laughs> you know. Uh, there's just things that you wouldn't get away with when I was growing up that you get away with now. And it makes you, I see situations where, where I question who's, who is running the house. Is the parent running the house or is the child running the house? I see people that are almost afraid of their children, so they'll do anything um, to appease them, or they're just um, not tolerant. So in order to get the child, especially the young child, from whining or whatever, you know, they'll give in. And that's not discipline to me. I do agree with you that um, I, I think sometimes we say parenting has changed or, you know, kids are different now. You have to treat them or raise them different. And I'm not a proponent of that one at all. Um, I, I think parenting is still parenting. And I think what worked for us can work now. And mm-hmm. um, I'm amazed that we have gotten away from that, but there is a different level of expectation now from children. And when I say that, I mean, I think children are okay with being given something and not earning something. But in my house, if you wanted something, you set a goal and a plan and you, mm-hmm. you, you went out to get it. And that meant that if you wanted some money within the house, you had to work for it. Right. You had to do chores or you had to be, you had to be, um, an investor in your own house, in my house. And if your room was not clean, you didn't get a whole lot of anything else. If you didn't make sure the dishes were clean and the food was put up at night, and on Saturdays no one got to lay in bed till 12 o'clock, everybody (laughs) got up and got started with their day, whatever that meant. And if you wanted to enjoy your Saturday afternoons or Saturday evenings, you had to make sure that the house was taken care of, the yard was cut, and then everybody got a chance to rest together. But there were there were tasks that were expected to be done. And beyond mm-hmm. that, you had to respect your elders. You had to mm-hmm. respect adults. And you didn't get to participate and pop off at the mouth while other grown folks were talking. And no. it was told many times. Time for me go sit down somewhere and get out of grown folks' conversation. And I remember mm-hmm. that, and maybe that's not grammatically correct, but, man, we were told that. And if you didn't mm-hmm. listen, um, you know, you I saw get something the other day. Oh, you were going to get embarrassed. 
And mm-hmm. the young lady, it was a video, and she was talking about parenting. And she had to be 35 or 40. Um, and she had three children, and they looked like they, they ranged from the ages of about 6 or 7 to 12 or 13. But there were three, two boys and a girl. And she said, listen, we're getting ready to go to your auntie's house. And she said, you're not hungry. You just ate. <laughs> and she said, if you get over here and you don't do what I asked you to do, I'm going to chop you in your throat and knock the fire out of you. <laughs> and she said, no, you can't stay any longer. So don't come and ask me, can you stay? And no, you can't bring any of them back here. Do we wow. understand each other? And you remember that, right? You know, our parents would feed us before we go anywhere. Um, And Mm -hmm. if someone offered something, she would, you know, maybe not okay. But, you know, when it was time to go, you didn't say, can we stay longer? You got up and got your stuff and got ready to go, you know. Um, That was an old school at 35, 40-year-old lady that was repeating what she had heard and had that had worked for her when she was coming up. We -hmm. don't do that anymore. And sometimes I believe that, you know, and the exposure to so much on social media. You can go get your phone right now and and search anything you want to search unless your parents have parental controls on on there. Um, So I I just think that everything's gotten out of hand, you know, for sure. The the children are running their households. Yeah. Well, you know, because you have to stand your ground, and that's too much light work. You know, and, and it's like, you know, I've been at work all day. I don't feel like working. You know, you got to work. You had kids. You got to work. <laughs> Bottom line. You know, but I have to kind of disagree with you in one thing. Uh, Saturday mornings were, were mine. I did do chores afterwards, but Saturday mornings were mine. And I would actually get up and go from my bed into the family room with uh, a pillow and a blanket or whatever and watch cartoons all morning and, and creature feature. Uh, <laughs> so, and then the TV usually went off around noon or something, and then, yeah, I did my chores then. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I did my chores, but, you know, I got I got Saturday mornings for a treat for me. Um, so. and, and that was a little bit different, you know, um, in our household. As a matter of fact, um, there were certain cartoons that we knew that were coming on by, um, 10 or 11 o'clock. So if we knew that, we were up at 7 and getting our chores done. So by 10 or 11 o'clock, we were able mm-hmm. to watch that. Um, now, mm-hmm. if there was something specific that we wanted to watch, maybe we could lobby this. And I'm talking about as a teenager, there wasn't a mm-hmm. whole lot of work we were doing at 6, 7, 8, or 9. We were able oh. to enjoy TV, you know. Um, yeah. um, now, I was doing a little bit of cooking by then for sure. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, so, I was I but, was vacuuming, which I hated, but yeah, um, but yeah, I was, I was vacuuming. I probably did vacuum in the morning before, you know, because I was I was up um, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, some stuff I got done during the week so I could have. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. A lot of stuff I would try to do on Friday after evening when I got in from wherever. But I'm really talking mm-hmm. about as we got. Um, older, you know, older, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, 15, man, it was full blown in our house and you had to pull your weight. Period. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You had to pull your weight. And, and then I'm sure and, that and, you were like me probably where you were involved in school too, but you still had to do stuff 
around the house. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And and I was heavily involved. Again, my sixth grade teacher was my mother. <laughs> so oh, yeah, not only, that's right. um <laughs> was I heavily involved, some of that involvement was, was created by her. So, you know, we, we had things we had to do and things that she assigned me to do. Um and then as I moved on, you know, it got even, you know, bigger as I played sports and um I also you know, um, was student government president. So it continued on. But I'm seeing that our parents did not spare the rod where we were concerned. And they didn't didn't spare making sure to correct us and say, okay, go sit down somewhere. You know, they didn't didn't spare that. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. But anyway, I want to get back (laughs) to... I want to, you know, and that, like I said, though, I think that does go into uh, the makeup of a person that you give a job to. And I think also, too, I think on-the-job training is lacking a little bit. I can't say for sure, but I think in some of these cases you have to say what you will accept and what you won't accept uh, from your employees, you know. And there are good employees that can be had out there, and there are trainable employees. And I even think, um, and I've had this discussion with other people before, I think for adults there should be some on-the-job training that does not occur because um, with the job market, yeah, I had this discussion with Paul, as a matter of fact, our economist. Um, We were talking about uh, jobs that were available and, and what sectors and whatnot, and you know, and people having to uh, be, be cut from jobs, the layoffs and stuff, and that there should be for the jobs that are available. You know, you need to, I think, as a company, be willing to do some on-the-job training for new hires because everybody's not going to fit exactly into the mold that you need right off the bat. So I think there needs to be some of that, but. I just think that there needs to be a certain amount of responsibility on on both sides, on the, the business and customer service side, as well as the side of the um, person that is purchasing a product or a service from you, okay? Because we, we have to learn how to respect each other as human beings. Um, and, and I you know one of the things in the, the my um, – call center job that that I know is that they have they've told us right off the bat is like you know you don't you do not have to accept foul language uh you can warn them and then once you've warned them and if they continue you can hang up you know because they don't ever want us hanging up on a customer for any reason the the customer is supposed to be the last person that hangs up so you've got you know even if they don't hang up right away or they disconnected and you're not sure they disconnected. You you have to kind of stay on there until you're sure that they're done. You know, but you don't have to accept that. And I have had to tell customers, um, it is not necessary for that language. I am trying to help you, and that is not acceptable. You know, especially at my age, I don't feel bad about telling somebody that I'm not going to accept. You know. The, the 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 curse words or the the attitude or whatever and if you want when you get off the phone you want to give me a bad review that's fine but you aren't going you know I'm here to help you and I I'm not going to accept certain language and behavior for doing my job 
That is correct. And and yeah, I think sometimes we have to teach adults how to to to, um, to act around us too. And you have to say, hey, you know, we can talk and and I can try to help you, um, but it it won't be laden with curse words the entire time. Mm-hmm. We can just go ahead yeah. and you know. Um, I've been authorizing my supervisor to hang up. But now if you want to calm down and let's try to see what the problem is and then move on from there and see if we can solve it, we got ourselves a deal, you know. Um, and I think when people want to argue, if you force them to argue with themselves, they eventually calm down. And if you don't get to that emotional um, level where they are, they eventually come back down to your level. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 One of the things that I say, I've told them, like, you have to have a, a like, a, a, a even tone and, and a low tone. You can't do that agitated voice. You can't, you can't go up there. <laughs> it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do you any good. It just escalates the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gretchen, I'm going to have to cut it short. I, I have, right. gonna have a, a lot of noise behind me in about five minutes, so. That's gonna fine because to. I have a meeting at one. You know how I work. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! But anyway, thank you for for spending some time with me today, and and thank you everybody for for listening. Have a wonderful and safe weekend. Enjoy Amen. your family and friends. You know, and, and just balance yourself a little bit more. All that working is not going to give you the stories that you hand down to your children and grandchildren. Okay, take a little time out and interact with some folks so that you have some fun stories to tell. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Thank you.